Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You obviously can find us on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Check out fivereasonsports.com and the other podcasts in our network, specifically Three Yards Per Carry, Five Rings, Canes, Balls, Cast, Light Skinned Opinions, Fantasy on Five, and Shula Bowl. they got the big Shula Bowl game coming up here on Saturday. We'll get to today's episode here in a second, but first I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can check them out at onecalllegal.com. They've got someone there 24 hours a day. So I was recording this at 2.30 in the morning, hear my voice. You can still check them out if you've got some kind of a legal problem. And they handle cases from all over the state, personal injury, traffic tickets, and more. So that's onecalllegal.com. They're based in North Miami, but again, they can handle it wherever you are. OneCallLegal.com, Seltzer Mayberg. And now, on with today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor after the Miami Heat finished their road trip at one and two. We did not record after the win against Phoenix. So I'm catching up tonight with Alex Salido. We're going to give you a short one and just get it up for you here for those of you who missed the game or those of you who want a little bit more insight on it. Both Alex and I checked it out. The Heat come back on Tuesday to play against Detroit. They come back at six and three on the season. And look, it's not that unusual to lose to an elite team on the road. I think the Lakers are going to be one of the elite teams. Philadelphia and Milwaukee both lost to elite teams tonight, lost to Denver and Utah on the road, Western conference teams that are supposed to be in the top five in the West as are the Lakers. So I'm not going to make too big a deal out of this, Alex. Uh, There there were some things on this trip that were a little bit concerning. It got covered up some by the way that Butler and Dragic played in particular in game two and somewhat in game three. Uh, but we'll go through some of these issues. But your general takeaway from tonight? Well, yeah, I do agree with you that the Lakers, you know, we'll see if they're an elite team by the end of the postseason run later on in the year. But as of now, they have been an elite team. They've played like one. They're 7-1 and one now. They have the number one rated defense. They have two, you know, top seven, top five players, depending on what, how you feel about AD. And it's just they didn't do a good enough job containing Anthony Davis. Spo continues to go the conservative route with, you know, putting Bam on the team's best big. And Myers Leonard, no fault of his own, continues to get cooked by these, you know, superstar bigs who can play inside and out, who have face-up moves. And Anthony Davis is now a better dribbler and passer than he used to be earlier in his career. I don't blame Myers Leonard. He does about as good a job as he can with those cement feet. And, you know... They got cooked, right? I get why they did it. They want to conserve his fouls. They also went to the zone to help Myers with that matchup, right? To you know, to help cut off that inside presence. But you know, the strategy ended up not working out. Well, they stayed with the zone a lot longer than that. That's the thing, and I, that's one of the things we're going to talk about because I thought I understood why he did it. I don't think it was just that. I think it was also pretty clear that the Heat had tired legs tonight. Oh, absolutely. 
It was like a hedge, right? The two, three zone. Absolutely. But I do think it backfired a little bit. Uh, and I, I think one of the reasons uh, it backfired is something that actually Dwayne Wade mentioned when he was on the telecast, which is that they weren't boxing out and it's harder to box, box out in a zone. So it wasn't just that they were getting cooked on the first touch. They were getting cooked on offensive rebounds also. And that's a killer, man, because they've been a top five rebounding team all year. Like, I mean, you know, obviously the season's still short, but that's one thing that they've been able to be counted on to do every night so far. And that was one thing. Like, they had the turnovers way down like they have been for the past two or three games. I think ever since the Houston game, the turnovers have been down. And maybe even the Atlanta game. But... You know, with that, the fact that, you know, they didn't make any threes and the fact that they got out-rebounded by, I believe, 11, just not the formula. You know, besides the stuff that we already know, that they're on the second night of a back-to-back and then it's against the Lakers. And, you know, they're missing justice, too, which would have helped in, in guarding LeBron, taking some of that heat off of Jimmy to guard LeBron. Yeah, I just think it was it's about as close to a scheduled loss as there is, right? Yeah, it is. It is. And I, I, they did some things to hurt themselves. But it, like I mentioned, the boxing out was not good. The three-point shooting was obviously atrocious. I mean, I don't think the Lakers played that well, actually. And and that's what kept them in the game. They, you felt the entire game they were one run away from kind of turning the tide. I felt the only guy who was going to do it for them was Goron. Like, he's the one who had legs tonight. But every time they got close... That's so weird, right? Yeah, it is. But then every time they got close the run didn't come because they'd miss a three. They had a couple of, they had a had one. We got to talk about him. He was not good tonight. Uh, he had, he had one opportunity. I thought Duncan had another opportunity that could have really changed things, but let, let's get into that actually as, as we're talking, because I, I think, I mean, Kendrick Nunn had the worst plus minus on the team tonight. He was minus 24. He's had some clunkers lately, but, but I think the biggest concern coming off this trip is what you mentioned. They're going to play a lot of elite bigs. If, if they're going to decide that Bam is not going to guard them early in games, and Bam's free throw shooting was off tonight too, which is another thing to watch. But if they're going to decide that he's not going to guard them, they're going to need to decide who is. And and I just, I mean, you mentioned Myers. It's difficult for him in that situation. But Kelly Olynyk has really had one really solid game the whole year, which was in Milwaukee. Uh, beyond that, Kelly is not, I, I know it's crazy because it's funny. Christian Hernandez was crunching the numbers on this. And he was surprised how good Kelly's Kelly's metrics are because I'm not seeing it on the court. Am I, am I missing something? Because I, I just thought tonight – I'm a Kelly Olenek fan, so, but I, I, I thought tonight he was awful, actually. I believe the tweet you're referencing is something that he was talking about for maybe one game. I think it was a tweet referencing the Denver game and how in his head he thought that Kelly was performing subpar, but the stats showed out that he was doing a good job of uh, defending his man in every spot on the floor. But other than that – I think what Al said recently about Kelly is something that's for real. You know, what he was saying the other day that Kelly doesn't really get into his rhythm when he's not starting. And also, he plays a lot better when he's next to Bam and these other good defenders, which obviously so does Myers. And I get why they're trying to shield Myers because he's a worse defender than Kelly. And also, I think having that size is, is a good thing now, even though maybe it was in the past few years. I think size is a relevant factor again in the NBA. And I get why Spo does it, and it's worked so far. The Myers-Bam lineups have been a plus the whole time, right? But at the same time, Kelly is not getting into a rhythm, and he's not providing the same offensive value that he was to you before, where he was doing all this handoff stuff. He was doing some playmaking. Uh, he was playing enough minutes and getting enough shots to really get in his rhythm as a shooter. And I don't know. Sometimes it's just kind of awkward out there with him, especially I just really don't like him or Myers playing the five 
against teams like this, right? Maybe against some other teams it'll work, like against Atlanta or some shooting teams. But, like, against LeBron and Anthony Davis, man, it's just, I just didn't love it. I kind of liked when he threw Silva out there, but then it was only two minutes. I thought Silva should have gotten a longer look tonight. I they, Absolutely. It, it, it was pretty clear that Kelly didn't have it. And then, you know, they played James Johnson against, you know, which we knew they would. They give him some started James Johnson. How about against that? The well, shooter well, outside James Johnson there. Well, I, I, I agree with that, actually. I, I think they could have, but, you know, I feel, again, like they're trying to work J.J. back in. But, but the, you know, there there's going to have to be some flexibility based on matchup. That's he can do right now. You know? No, I know. And there's going to have to be some flexibility based on matchup because, because you know, with this particular team, I mean, you know Jimmy's going to start. You know what Goran's role is going to be. You know Bama's going to start. I know they're trying to preserve him from foul trouble. The thing about Bam, though, is he doesn't really take a lot of silly fouls. So I, I, I think that concern may be overstated. And then I was kind of waiting for them to finally say, okay, we're going to put him on Anthony Davis and just leave him there. Because, you, look, you knew that the LeBron run in the fourth was coming. Like, he, he didn't play oh, yeah. well. For the first three quarters, I mean, he wasn't particularly aggressive. His shot wasn't on. He was going to find a rhythm at some point. Shooting numbers were bad in that first half, and then in the second half, it just you know corrected itself like it always does. Right, you know, right. You knew you knew it was coming, and they didn't have Justice as the extra guy to to throw at him, who probably would have gotten most of the minutes against him. I, I thought Jimmy was okay tonight. You know, he's pretty good, but like again, having to guard LeBron, some takes a lot of energy out of you. We can throw this I out. I I do think Goran had legs tonight. Goran's been impressive, and I think he's. Again, he's perfect in that role, and he's just showing it, right? But other than that, I was impressed with Jimmy and Bam. You know, mm-hmm. I think they both look tired as well, you know, but relative to that, I thought they both performed well, were aggressive, you know, got to the line a lot, which is basically what kept them in the game, the free throw disparity, which is probably the biggest, the weirdest thing statistically from this game, right? Because you're playing at Staples Center, and it's LeBron mm-hmm. and Anthony Davis, you know. Anthony Davis, like a week ago, had like 25 free throws in one game, and that's what, basically what the Heat got tonight. And, you know, it was like something like eight or nine free throws total that the Lakers took, something like that. And I don't know. This is where Spo could have gone to that lineup versatility, right? I mean, I, I know that it's easy to mm-hmm. beat a coach, quote unquote. But when you're when you're going into a game shorthanded and you were going to have Winslow as that guy to take the heat off of Jimmy, mm-hmm. why not throw James Johnson in there? Like, we know that he doesn't mind throwing guys who might not be the best players into that starting lineup. He's been doing it over and over again with Duncan Robinson and Myers Leonard, right? If you, if you want to have a shooter out there, instead of, you know, you take away Myers Leonard and you maybe insert a shooter into another position like Goron, right? Instead of starting Kendrick Nunn, maybe you start Goron and then you start JJ at the four, something like that. Well, he wasn't going to start Goron under any circumstances. I mean, they, I they, 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 they it, it's, change the units. But. No, no, but it's like Dwayne last year. He, he's not going to start Goron at any time this year. Now, the, James Johnson, he could have started. Uh, you're right. I think some of the and, – and James Johnson actually ended up with the best plus minus on the team. He was plus four. But <laughs> he, he, even though he didn't make a shot, he took, took a couple threes. But he played him 15 minutes. Oh, I just – well, right. I just feel like they <laughs> – I just feel like they don't want to give him – uh, heavy minutes right now anyway, so maybe not starting was part of it. But Kelly ended up playing 30 off the bench because Leonard only played uh, 12, even though he only had two fouls. So, I, yeah, look, there's different ways they could have gone. I think the big picture here is they didn't have legs. Eric tried to compensate it for a little bit. I mean, they shot – I mean, it's very simple too. I mean, we can overanalyze this thing to death if we want, but they were six, they were six of 35 from three. 
Yep. Um, and again, that's a legs thing. Like, right. absolutely a legs thing. But they were absolutely short on almost all of them, right? And they only had eight. They had eight offensive rebounds, which is okay, but not great. Uh, and the assist numbers, they were 18 on 28, you know, 28 field goals. So that's okay, but down a little bit from where they typically are. It was a clunker for most guys other than Goron. I'm with you. Jimmy played pretty well. Bam played pretty well at times. Still had four assists, three steals, um, including one great steal on an inbound pass. does a lot, man. He is definitely the most important non-Jimmy player. I, I don't think it's even close. Even when Justice is healthy, because of the inconsistency with Justice's offensive game, mm-hmm. I think Bam has just become so important to the team. He's almost like – he's obviously not the same type of player, the same body type of athleticism, but he's, he's their Draymond in a sense, right? No, he is. And but only two fouls tonight. And that's why I, I think they're sort of babying him a little bit on the fouls. Like no, I, I think see, I think I he's mature enough to, I think he's mature enough to avoid them. I don't agree. I don't disagree with you that he's you know, that that's a weakness of it. I think the thing is that becomes what you go after, right? Like that becomes what the team plans for. So you go at Bam, get the big guy to get the switch and go at Bam and just try to draw fouls. Not that Bam is somebody who fouls a lot. But that becomes a thing because that's the obvious hole. If you get Bam out of the game, they have Kelly Olynyk or Myers Leonard at center, and you can just hit the paint every time when you're big or with your, you know, rim penetration forwards. But Alex, aren't you taking Bam out of the game by not putting him on the best player under the team? I I think no, sometimes because he's doing so much, so many other stuff, and and it's uh, actually showing up in the stat sheet because he's playing as a forward and playing as a safety on defense instead of playing as a rim protecting five, which. He's always been okay at, but he's never been, <laughs> funny enough, Hassan Whiteside at where, like, that's his main thing, right? He's a good rim protector. He's a good rebounder, but because of his size, he's almost perfect for that safety position, right? Because he can still get some of that, you know, the rim protection stuff. He's still going to end up in the paint. He's still going to end up going for the rebounds. I love him at, at that safety position. The problem is Kelly and Myers, you know, are not good <laughs> fives on defense. No, and I love him in the safety position too. But I also watched what Towns did to everybody else until they put Bam on him. I, I just, I you know, what, I added about that after you logged off that uh, night. Well, and 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 now Davis. So I, I just, I, I think that there has to be more of a decision made here. That as much as you love Bam in other roles, there are certain teams that just require you. To put yeah. your best, to put your best big defender on on an elite big, yes, on an elite guy like AD and Cat who move that well and can and can score from all types of things. Because it's like Embiid, I completely get it, right? Like he draws an insane amount of fouls. I get why they wouldn't want to put Bam on him right away. So that's going to be tough. That's why I just don't like that Sixers matchup at all. But when it comes to Cat and AD, like you have to do it at some point. I think the the answer is probably somewhere in the middle, right? Like maybe you balance that a little bit where you're constantly going. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Back and forth between Bam and, and either Kelly or Myers doing it just to confuse the team a little bit and also to not let these guys get in such a hot start because, again, LeBron did not dominate this team whatsoever. It was Anthony Davis doing all of the work. He was like, he started like, what, seven of eight, eight of nine. He was mm-hmm. just like, that's how they kept their offense going because, weirdly enough, the Lakers, what they've been this whole time is an elite defense and an offense that's been going back and forth 
almost exactly like the Heat, just a you know a supersized version of it. Like the Heat's offense is now ranked what 19th overall. I'm looking at it right now, 18th overall. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was like a nine and seven last week, and then it was at 12 and 14 this week. I mean, this is what happens when the threes go down. The, the regression starts to come with the three point shooting, and you know the Lakers are kind of a supersized version of that. Except at the end of the game, they have LeBron and Anthony Davis to you know rely on in the number one defense. Right and right and I thought the Heat played fine defensively tonight and the Lakers missed some open shots but you mentioned eight free throw attempts if you're going to hold the Lakers to eight free throw attempts you should have a chance to win the game and we can, we can look at this any which way but they lost by 15 right if you shoot 11 of 35 from three which is more normal there's your 15 points so I don't want to overanalyze it we already are starting to do that they I'm shot sorry, the ball. I definitely have it's just I had all of these thoughts going through my head because it's like. I'm sorry. And there's another thing. This is actually more of a big picture thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But, like, they're not going to be able to play, and not to conclude it just off of this game, but they're not going to be able to play some of these guys who have been hot in other games and coming out with big plus minus, a.k.a. the, the Duncan Robinsons and the Myers Dunn of the world, against elite talent for more than, like, 15, 18 minutes a night when they play against these types of teams, right? They just, like, if they're not hitting their threes, they become, like, these huge minuses right away. And I think that that was shown tonight. Like Myers was a complete non-factor. They got completely out rebounded. He didn't make any threes. Duncan Robinson wasn't doing, wasn't hitting anything. Not that they were the ones who played the worst, but when they're not hitting anything and the rest of the team is not helping out, like you got to take them out quick because they just become quick minuses. You get what well, I'm saying? The, well, their two worst quarters were the first and the third, right? They got they got, they got outscored by seven in the first. They got outscored. They got outscored by ten in the third. So that I mean that that's largely. The starting lineup, you know, I don't think Hero played terribly tonight. He actually ended up to be a plus. I mean, he didn't do a ton in the stat sheet. He's really but, active on defense, but, right? Yeah, yeah, I thought he played fine. Uh, but the other thing is, you know, you got Goran playing 34 minutes here. That's on the <laughs> yeah. se- I, I, on, on, on the second night of a back-to-back. Now, some of that's no Winslow. They um, miss Winslow's playmaking, I think. No, they do. And you, but you really want to be extending Goran at this part of the season. All right, we're going to cover the – Neon waiter situation here in a second. I want to tell you about another great sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. That Bet DSI. Make sure over this weekend that you go and type in five one hundred one at Bet DSI. That's that's spelled out F I V E one hundred one. You'll get a bonus just for signing up, which will help you bet. And you've been on just about everything. Dolphins play uh, up against Indianapolis this week. Looks like Jacoby said may not play. It's going to be a game time decision. So we'll see how that goes. Dolphins obviously coming off their first win of the season. Canes play against Louisville. Um, so that's senior day. You can bet on that or any of the other NFL, NBA, college football, action, NHL as well. So go to betbsi.com and use the promo code 5101. All right, let's close this out. You know, again, they close out the road trip at, at one and two. I think that was fairly expected. Um, you know, they end up losing to the two elite teams and beat the team that I think Bullets Phoenix played early in the season that we thought they probably could beat on the trip. They come back six and three. They the got way, five. I know we're not going to dig deep into the Suns game, but the Heat are the only team to you know actually beat this Suns team by more than one. They only had two losses before they played the Heat, and both losses that they had the Suns were by one point, and the Heat beat them considerably. They did, and it was a great performance by by Jimmy. Obviously, the thirty points, only one missed shot in the first and half, Goran. and Goran was terrific with twenty five. So they come back. They're going to play five games against teams that don't look like they're going to be particularly competitive this season. 
an opportunity to get to, to you know, something like 11 and three, 10 and four, something along those lines uh, where they can really establish something early in the season. So they've survived the worst of this and they're coming back in good position again, starting off with a Detroit team that's really banged up. So all of that is good. The other lingering thing over this team, though, and we've got to mention the report. I don't have any additional reporting on this. Everybody's kind of gone dark on this tonight. But basically, uh, Dion Waiters, according to Andy Slater, who has had some, as he calls them, Slater scoops before. He now works for 640 AM. Uh, he reported uh, that Dion Waiters was rushed to a hospital because he had a seizure after getting off the plane or, or maybe was still on the plane um, after consuming gummies. Now, I can't confirm or this report, so we're just basically putting out there what Andy Slater put out there. I don't want to get into sort of the specifics of what that would mean for other reasons, but let's, again, touch on the Deion Waiters situation. He was with the team on this trip. Uh, he never got in. I don't think he's going to get in at any point. I'm assuming the Heat are going to have to address this. It reminds me a little bit of the Gerald Green situation. Uh, oh, from, uh, from, they from went a, quiet on that too, you're right. Yeah, uh, from a few years ago, if you remember, um, they, they never really sort of got completely out. Uh, so this is something that's going to hang over the heat for a couple of days when it was supposed to be a quiet period here. Let's just address it from this perspective because I, I can't comment on the specifics of the report until obviously, you know, either I do more reporting or, or it comes out publicly. But I mean, have I mean, Hendrick Nunn was not great on this trip overall. You know, I mean, he's he's hit the wall a little bit. I don't think it's permanent. But minus twenty four and twenty three minutes tonight, four of eleven from the field, zero for four from three. He's having trouble getting a rhythm. This would seem to be an opportunity for Deion Waiters to get some minutes. Is he going to get some minutes with the Heat this week? It's really, man. I I thought we were maybe getting closer to it, but after this, I don't know, man. I think they're totally fed up with all the mess that he's caused, you know, inside the organization. And now all the stuff that's leaking to the outside with, you know, what we heard from a few weeks ago in preseason where he had the incidents where he was just openly complaining about his minutes or whatever after Nunn and Hero and Duncan Robinson all started before he did. And also before Goran did for that fact. But, you know, and now you have these things happening where it's it's going to the public and the in, the, the Instagram comments, all this stuff, like they're not going to reward this dude and they don't really have to. Like they already have a glutton of playmakers and they've been good without him. And this whole time I've been saying I would like to see him play his way back because, again, I thought they were going to hit their ceiling if Dion was their seventh man. That was before we knew what Kendrick Nunn was. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's tough to see at this point, right? I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon and Honestly, it's just, I think it's just not meant to be anymore. Yeah, no, I know. I think that's where it's headed. And, and we'll, we'll get more details on it over the next couple of days, I'm sure. Stuff will start to leak. It might be the national guys who end up getting a piece of it. I, and the Heat are not practicing. Uh, you know, obviously, they got a couple of days off here. So I would anticipate they're going to practice on Monday. I mean, I, I'm not exactly sure uh, if they're going to go Sunday, but they, they, they may go on Sunday as well. But they play on Tuesday. So we, we, probably, we won't hear anything about it from them on Saturday. I'm pretty sure about that. Even though they've been more direct about things of late, like AJ suspension, like Neon suspension, where that was almost kind of dropped on a Friday night where we heard about that. But I, but I would think things would be fairly quiet on Saturday. Just before we close this out, it's sort of my final takeaways of the trip. We didn't talk much about the Phoenix game, obviously, uh, but that was a really, really good performance. And I think what it showed 
was, and our uh, Zach Buckley wrote about this for, for Heat Maven. I'm going to put it on fivereasonsports.com tomorrow. It showed that Jimmy can take over when they need him to. And, and we, when we did the, the pregame 305 Live, we said before the Phoenix game, they need a game, they need a takeover game from Jimmy and they need Goran to be great. And that's exactly what happened. And so I think the fact that they, those two vets can sort of dig down and give them those kind of performances, I think goes a long way. My other takeaway though, is some of these guys, you know, it's great to have depth, but there are certain matchups, as you mentioned, that some of the players as part of that depth just don't fit. And I think that's where we're going to have, we're going to have to see Eric Spolcher be extremely creative this year and also, like you said, have a quick hook with certain guys. So it's just certain. It's just matchup related. It's nothing personal. Like Jimmy's going to play against everybody. Bam's going to play against everybody. I think Justice is going to play against just about everybody. Goran's going to play his minute, maybe not this many, against everybody. The rest of the roster is going to depend on the night. It's going to. I mean, is 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 yep. a night for Tyler Hero? Is a night for Duncan Robinson? Is a night for Myers Leonard, Kelly Olynyk? Uh, you know, any of these other guys? You know, Silva, James Johnson. You know, etc. And, and Kendrick Nunn, like this is going to be, this rotation is going to be rotational. I think, I, I think it has to be, because like I said, there's this matchup tonight. It's not the same as the Detroit matchup that we're going to see. Not the same as the Milwaukee matchup that they've already seen. It's just certain guys fit better against certain teams. And, and I think, you know, I, I think that's, this is going to be a, a this is going to have to be a masterful coaching job from Spolster this year, I think to get a team that he likes with a roster that gives him that flexibility, which is good, but to get that team to where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, they really miss, they really need to figure out, you know, the Justice and Jimmy thing once Justice gets back now from the concussion protocol uh, because they really miss Justice out there, not only for guarding LeBron and not only for tonight's matchup, but you're going to need Justice for any elite matchup like that. But in general, they miss him on offense as well. Not that the offense has been entirely consistent with him on the floor. It tends to be like that with Justice, but his playmaking, the way that he, you know, penetrates into the paint and, and gets other guys moving and sets other other guys. And I think they really missed that because Goran isn't going to carry a load every single night like that. He's going to be more up and down at some point, even though I love him in, you know, the six-man role. I think they need Justice to come back and contribute those 13, 14 extra points because – once you start elevating the other guys' roles up a notch, it kind of starts to fill out, I think. And yeah, also, it, as far as Kendrick Nunn, I think he might have to go to the bench, man. Well, I think it's possible. We talked about it. I think I they're going to have to look at it. And I, I it's been hard because guys have been in and out, so you haven't been able to kind of see one lineup for a long period of time. Oh, yeah, I don't think he should go to the bench until Justice comes back. I should right, have right, right. Like, like I think Justice has to be back, and then, okay, maybe that's the time to say maybe we take a look at Tyler at that spot perhaps. Yeah, I, I, you know, so next to Jimmy, right? Right. He looks great next to Jimmy, and I think he's looked good at times next to Justice. So I, I think that, that that may be where this is headed, and then you put none you know, there with Dragic you know, in the backup backcourt, and you're set. But I understand why they wanted to ride Kendrick, you know, as long as it looked good, but he was going to hit a rough patch. It's been a little rougher than I anticipated and I predicted because I didn't think he had as many holes. But I think he just might be pressing, honestly. I, I, I don't know necessarily that he's been figured out yeah. by the league. If he comes off the bench, there's less pressure on him. Right. To, to, yeah, to be there, to be great from the very beginning. And also – Margin of error. Margin right. for error. And then right. at the same time, man, I think if you're going to go with those lineups where if you go any minutes at any point where you're playing Myers or Kelly at the five at this point, it, at least if it's against a pretty good playoff team – with somebody who's going to attack the paint. 
you need to have Derek Jones Jr. and James Johnson out there together. I know Derek Jones Jr. is not back yet, but I think you're going to have to have that at that point. I, I don't think you could play Kelly or Myers at the five, and then also, you, you know, you have Gone and Duncan Robinson and even Tyler Hero out there. Like, it's just – it's not going to work, man. That's their bread and butter. They're a top five defensive team. The You know, the offense is going to go up and down depending on their three-point shooting. And I get that's why they, they have to try to put as many shooters as they do. But right, this is the, that's why you're right to 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 lend to that last point you were making. Bulls gonna have to do a massive job balancing the line between basically picking between offense and defense with guys like James Johnson and Derrick Jones Jr. off the bench. You know, with Justice starting, with having these dudes play the five who really can't play the five defensively, and then Goran and Hero off the bench. It's it's a kind of weird lineup to manage at all time, right? It, it is, and it's going to be a trick for him. But I, I, I'm with you about, I think, Derek Jones Jr. and James Johnson, again, even in the zone tonight, like they missed Derek Jones Jr. Like, so, I mean, there are certain things that they can do with those guys they can't do with other players. It doesn't mean that Myers won't have an impact. It doesn't mean that Kelly, when he kind of figures things out, won't have an impact. But I think just being traditional right now is probably not going to be enough. But, look, they're going to look really good against some of these teams they're facing now. And some of these issues may not crop up again. I think it's good to have the issues in your back pocket when you play a team like Denver and the Lakers and you know, okay, this is what it's going to look like maybe when we play a Philadelphia. Maybe when we play a Utah. It it was a good effort. They played hard. They didn't have legs tonight. They didn't make threes. We're both exhausted. We're going to get this thing up. uh, and, And we'll do a podcast early next week before the Detroit game. Thanks for joining us. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.